Welcome to the Abundant Life Church Sermon of the Week. We hope you enjoy this message by our guest speaker. For more information about Abundant Life Church, please visit www.abundantlifechurch.org. Amen. I'm so thankful for Abundant Life. If you have your Bibles, if you'll turn with me to Ezekiel chapter 37. Ezekiel chapter 37, I'll read from the King James Version. If you have a different version, that's all right. It's always an honor to be here. Thank you, Pastor Russ Cordell and Pastor Kylie for the invitation and the opportunity to preach to you wonderful people. It's beautiful outside to me. Look at that snow just softly falling and you guys are thinking, I hate this. It was a warm 60 or 70 degrees when I left Texas. You guys would be sweating. Ezekiel chapter 37. I'm going to start in in verse 1. This is the prophet Ezekiel. The Lord takes him on a journey through a vision. He says, The hand of the Lord was upon me and carried me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of the valley which was full of bones and caused me to pass by them round about and behold, There were very many in the open valley, and lo, they were very dry. Been dead a long time. And he said unto me, Son of man, can these bones live? That's a loaded question. And I answered, O Lord, thou knowest. (laughs) That's a good way to answer. Well, Lord, you know. Again, he said unto me, prophesy upon these bones and say unto them, O ye dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus saith the Lord God unto these bones, behold, I will cause breath to enter into you and ye shall live. Everybody say ye shall live. Amen. And I will lay sinews upon you. And will bring up flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you. And ye shall live and ye shall know that I am the Lord. After something like that, absolutely, I'm going to know he's the Lord. Amen. So I prophesied as I was commanded. And as I prophesied, there was a noise. And behold, a shaking. And the bones came together, bone to his bone. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came up upon them and the skin covered them above, but there was no breath in them. Then said he unto me, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy, son of man, and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as he commanded me and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. Wow. Look what the Lord can do. Look what the Lord has done. Hallelujah. And I'd like to preach to you from this thought this morning. 
My second wind. My second wind. Holy Ghost, speak to our hearts today. Lord, as we lift our hands and surrender to you, God, we submit to your spirit. We want you to move. We want you to have your way. As the word goes forth, I pray that it would be anointed, God, that it would fall on ears, God, that are ready to receive, a mind that's ready and it's open, a heart that's open to you, God, whatever you want to do, Lord, speak to me. God, I know today is a day of change. I know that today is a day of salvation. I know that today is the day of healing for me, God. I haven't come here so that I can go home the same way, but I've come here, Lord, for an encounter with the Holy Spirit. I want that wind of the Holy Spirit to breathe into my life again. Breathe new life into these lungs, oh God. I surrender my heart to you right now. I bind the spirit of fear and of doubt and against infirmity. I come against you in the name of Jesus and you have no power here. And I loose the power of the Holy Ghost right now. Holy Spirit, have your way. Everybody say in Jesus' name. Amen. In Jesus' name. You can be seated. Hallelujah. My second wind. Second wind. (laughs) You like that dog? I want a dog like that. That's a cool dog right there. Second wind is an occurrence in distance running such as marathons. Who would ever run a marathon? I want to. Anybody run a marathon in here before? No, you're all smarter than me. I want to. I haven't done it yet. But second wind is an occurrence in distance running, like a marathon where an athlete who is too weak, he's too out of breath and too tired to move on, suddenly finds his strength to press on at top performance with less exertion. It's quite a phenomenon. The expression now has been adopted in our everyday lives. You've heard it. You've said it. When you need a little pick-me-up in the afternoon, when you're feeling sluggish about 2, 3 o'clock, and you need that extra boost of energy to complete your daily task, you said it before, I need to catch my second wind. Anybody said that before? Out of breath. You ever been out of breath? You've been out of breath? Raise your hand. That's just about everybody. You're a a mess running on that treadmill. Your lungs feel like they're about to explode. It's quite ironic as you run on that treadmill. You're running in place. You run for miles and miles and you never get anywhere. As is the case seemingly with your diet. My diet. Just trying to eat healthy, just trying to make better choices, attempting to uh, just be wiser, not stop at so many fast food places as Brother Russ said, but take care of yourself. But you see, the weight doesn't drop off as quickly as you seem to put it on, does it? And the muscles don't seem to build as fast as it seems they turn into fat. Every time you think of chicken, when you close your eyes and think of chicken, you think of some good old fried chicken, maybe dipped in some ranch or something. You don't think of that nasty, dry, healthy chicken that they serve at banquets for $50, you know, and you get that hard 
roll of bread. You don't think about that chicken. You think about some good old fried juicy chicken, maybe dipped in some Chick-fil-A sauce or something. Praise God for that. I was talking, I was talking to somebody just yesterday, in fact, because every time I come into Wisconsin, I say, son, there are cheese curds here. And I love cheese curds. I probably had them every day last time I was here. And, you know, somebody asked me, well, have you ever had the real cheese curd? I said, look, I know you're going to come at me with that. It's not fried. It's just it's just a cold thing, you know, and it squeaks, you know, and all that. stuff." I said, no, I'm not. I don't want that. I want a fried cheese curd. (laughs) Don't come at me with that. I'm thinking unhealthy. How did I so easily get off track? This this could quickly get out of hand. I didn't mean to make you hungry before I started preaching. My point was really my point was, have you ever been out of breath? Yes, I've been out of breath before. It was uh, a beautiful day in Austin, Texas. I was downtown. And I was running a five-mile course. It was the turkey trot. I think you've heard of it. You probably have them here in Milwaukee. The turkey trot on Thanksgiving morning. A bunch of crazies get out there and run five miles before you go eat dinner. There were uh, weird... They say the motto of Austin, Texas is keep Austin weird. And it was true to form on this morning. There were characters, all kind of characters out there. There was a man dressed in a dinosaur suit who was running the race. There was a a guy in a Darth Vader ensemble. Crazy people out there, all types of people. And there's this, I was focused on this six, seven-year-old kid who was in front of me as I was running. And he kept getting further and further away from me. And I was getting mad at that kid. Who does this kid think he is? Start looking around for this little twerp's parents. This this kid shouldn't be in a man's race. And he's outrunning me. And I'm just doing this. I'm I'm huffing and puffing. Man, my lungs are screaming. I was running one time. I was practicing for a church drama. And I ran right through that wall, through it, at another church, not this church. I was running. I was huffing and puffing my my sides were cramping. My legs felt they were buckling. I was, I was out of breath. I needed water. I was about 150 feet into the race. And I had about five more miles to go. I needed my second wind. I needed my second wind. You ever need your second wind? Hey Amen. I was out of breath. The Lord showed this prophet Ezekiel. He said, he said, here's a a vision of dried up, dead, scattered bones all across the valley floor. What did it represent? It represented his people, his chosen people, Israel, who he called by his name. They were dead. It was a result of the people's disobedience to the word of the Lord. They were carried away captive by the enemy. Their city laid in ruins, their temple destroyed They were slaves to the enemy. This was a people that had lost their way, a people that had turned their back on God. They had rejected him, didn't want anything to do with him. 
They worshiped other gods. They served other gods, false gods, mind you. Gods that were lifeless and breathless and helpless. Gods that could never hear their prayers. God that could never uh, rescue them from their pain. God that's, gods that could never uh, hear about their dilemma and have compassion upon them and save them. And can I stop right here and tell you this, that sooner or later you will become what you serve. What you entertain is what you serve, and what you serve is what you become like. It's no wonder that the nation of Israel was lifeless and dead and scattered across a valley floor. Why? Because they served dead gods. And you may be wondering this morning, after so many failures... After all of these hurts, after all of these bad habits, all of my hangups, after all that I have done wrong, after all that's been done wrong to me by other people, can these dry, dead bones live again? Genesis chapter 2, verse 7, the Lord, the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living soul. All was well in the Garden of Eden, the birthplace of humankind. All of a sudden, man was jolted awake by a wind blowing through his nostrils. And man became a living and a breathing soul, fashioned perfectly after a perfect God. All was just right. But with the creation of life also came the creation of choice. The ability to choose between right and wrong. And in one moment of disobedience, in one instant, man sinned when he rebelled and ate the fruit off of the tree that God commanded him not to touch. You can have all these other trees of the garden. One historian said maybe around 110 trees. You can have all of these other trees. Take your pick. But the one in the middle, leave it alone. And in that very moment of disobedience, insert death death. Man's spirit was separated from God and man essentially died inside. Why? Because a holy and a perfect God cannot and will not abide in disobedience and sin. It was sin that stopped the spiritual wind of God's presence from blowing and man found himself in a lifeless state. Romans chapter 3 says this, for all have sinned and come short of the glory of God. How many? All have sinned. It wasn't simply the first man and woman, Adam and Eve, but it was the plight. It is the plight of every single human being on the face of this planet. We're all born into sin and shaped into iniquity, the psalmist said. I'm speaking to everybody in the building today. Nobody is exempt. Contrary to the popular notion of people everywhere, there really is no big I and little you. There really is no social status. There really is no big and little, rich and poor. There really is no, we all come to God the same way. The enemy is trying to lie to some of us and tell us, oh, well, I'm not that bad. I'm actually a pretty good person. I'm, I'm a decent person. In fact, I'm better than most people. But can I tell you, there's no little white lie there's no big black lie. There's no difference between lusting in the heart and carrying out that lust in your actions. 
There's no difference. Oh, the consequences may be different, sure. But there's no difference between sin in the heart and sin in your actions. Sin is sin, and sin creates a life without the wind of God's Holy Spirit blowing. You may have been perfect all your life. I may be preaching to some people who've never made a mistake, have never said a word out of turn, who've never disappointed or failed anybody. You may, that may be you this morning, but every single one of us have sinned in our thoughts. Every single one. Not a one is perfect in their thoughts. You may not have murdered anybody, but Jesus said, if you carry some hate in your heart towards a stranger, towards a brother, a sister, you're just as much of a sinner. All the consequences will be different, sure. But the sin is the same. And there is no one under the sound of my voice who has not sinned. I've, I've talked to some good old folks who have boasted just about how good they are. Believe it or not, folks, I'm sure you've talked to some people like that as well. But in our minds, we tend to play this comparison game. Well, I come to church every Sunday. So-and-so, uh, he misses. Well, I give in the, in the tithe and the offering. I, I give. Every once in a while, I help a homeless person out on the side of the road. I'm pretty good. I'm pretty decent. But the Bible said there is none that doeth good. No, not one. Let me tell you, honey, it makes no difference how much higher than me you can jump. Now, I know there's some people in here that can play some ball. I don't see uh, Michael Kiley in here, but he can play some ball and can probably out jump me. I can barely touch the bottom of the net, folks. What is that, eight feet? I don't know. I can't even, I can't jump, but who cares? If we're both trying to go outside and jump towards the sun, the man can have a 10-foot vertical and I could have a one-foot vertical and it doesn't matter. It doesn't, doesn't matter at all. You see, the comparison is so foolish. We're trying to live up and please a holy awesome, wonderful God. We're trying to have a beautiful, merciful Savior smile down upon our lives. The comparison between one another is foolish. Doesn't matter how high you can jump. If the sun is 93 million miles away, it doesn't matter. James said this in James chapter one, verse 15. Then when lust hath conceived, it brings forth sin and sin when it is finished, brings forth death. Sin has taken the life out of some of us. Truth be told, the weight of the world that you feel on your shoulders right now, it feels, it feels so heavy. It's such a burden. Somebody has lost some hope today. I know I'm preaching to somebody because of the effects of sin upon your life. Somebody has lost some hope. Somebody walked in here wondering, what's the use anymore? Can these dry bones really live again? I'm thrilled to be able to share some good news with you today. God, only you know if these bones can live again, the prophet said, and I hear the voice of God Almighty this morning saying, yes, 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 they can live again. Yes, they will, and yes, they shall live again. Hallelujah. There's a second wind that's about to blow through this house and somebody is getting ready to experience the unspeakable joy of the Lord today. Somebody's gonna come alive today. Hallelujah. Verse seven, Ezekiel 
37, so I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied, there was a noise and behold, a shaking and the bones came together, bone to his bone, all across the valley floor, bones scattered everywhere, but each bone found his bone and they came together. And when I beheld, lo, the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them, but there was no breath in them. You know that the man of God preaching the word of God can only do so much. The preacher may preach a stirring message and results in some noise and some shaking and some human will and emotions, maybe even a good motivational speech that makes you want to get up and what makes you want to try harder, makes you want to live better and act better, right? But the preacher can only do so much. As the scripture said, there was no breath in them. You want to know the difference between this place of worship and perhaps another place down the street? You want to know the difference between this message and perhaps some motivational message that you could pull up on YouTube? You want to know the difference where the Spirit of the Lord is? There is liberty and there is no life at all except the wind of the Holy Spirit blows through your life. There is still no breath in your body. You're still as dead as dead can be. No man can do it for you. I'm just a tool in the hands of the Lord, but I can only do so much. You're the one that's got to make the decision. I want that Holy Spirit to blow over my life. I'm tired of the way things used to be. I'm tired of struggling each and every day. I need the wind of the Holy Ghost. I need the supernatural. Hallelujah. God is here. God is right here, and that's the difference. Because we've welcomed him in and because we live by the word of God, the whole word of God. We don't take out bits and pieces that we don't like and throw them out. No, we live by the entire book. And that's why God honors his word. And he's here this morning. That's the difference. Then said he unto me in verse 9, prophesy unto the wind, prophesy son of man and say to the wind, thus saith the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe upon these slain that they may live. Hallelujah. So I prophesied as he commanded and the breath came into them and they lived and stood up on their feet an exceeding great army. I feel it in the Holy Ghost. I feel it right now that somebody's gonna stand up on your feet an exceeding great army in this place. I feel Holy Ghost winds about to blow through this house. Come on, somebody. Do you believe it? Would you clap your hands to the Lord? Would you say, yes, Lord, I want that for my life. I want that for my spirit. I need that for my soul. Hallelujah. Holy Spirit, breathe the breath of life into this place. You see, it doesn't matter what you've gone through. It doesn't matter your past. It doesn't matter. Preacher, you don't know. You don't, haven't been where I've been. I don't care. There's nothing that the blood of Jesus can't cover. Hallelujah. There's nothing that the love of God won't break through to get to you. I feel the love of God right now in this place. Hallelujah. Somebody, somebody feeling undeserving and unworthy of his love. We, we're all undeserving of his love. Why he would ever do it, I don't know why. But you're worth every ounce of his blood because he paid the price just for you. There's nothing that can hold you back. He holds the keys to death, hell, and the grave. Hallelujah. The doldrums, the intertropical convergence zone is a belt around the earth, extending approximately five degrees north and south of the equator. It's here that the prevailing trade winds of the northern hemisphere blow to the southwest and collide with the southern hemisphere's driving northeast winds. This creates a phenomenon known as the doldrums. Anybody heard of the doldrums? Where sailing ships could be stranded for weeks on end. It's considered the ocean's desert place. 
Here, the water is calm. There's no hint of wind. The sun beats down heavily upon the sailors. Sailors can be trapped here for weeks until finally, finally there's a breaking point. There's a release of built-up pressure in the atmosphere and the clouds and that sailboat comes alive again. But what a nightmare for a sailor to be sailing and be caught in the doldrums. And there's no wind and he can't get anywhere. He can't get to where he's going. What a disaster. Some of you feel like you're in the doldrums this morning. But when that wind comes, when that wind blows, never a more pleasant sight for a sailor than to watch that wind begin to take hold of those sails. Never a more pleasant sound for a sailor than to hear that wind begin to blow after weeks of being in the dead zone. Never a more pleasant feeling than to feel that wind come across his shoulders, begin to pick up and move that boat forward in the direction that it's supposed to go. I dare say that some, some of us have been sitting silently on a sea of sorrow. You're caught in the crosswinds of the aftermath of sin. You feel like you're going nowhere fast. I'm not just preaching to the guests here today. Guests, we're, we're so glad to have you and this service is for you. But I'm telling you, I'm preaching to those who have had the Holy Spirit and who have let the effects of sins, sin take, take back a hold of their lives. I'm, I'm preaching to you this morning as well. There is revival in the place. There is revival in this house. Hallelujah. Oh, but those doldrums, those, uh, those doldrums have got a hold of your ship and, and you can't sail forward. All around you, it seems like there's nothing but desert and death. You can't locate the wind. You feel lost. Some of us feel so lost that you don't know if there ever is going to be a wind that blows again in your life. But I've come to bring some awesome news to you today that the winds of revival have blown into Abundant Life Apostolic Church on January 28, 2017. I said, the Holy Ghost is blowing through this house right now. I feel a little bit of a wind, a little bit of a breeze, just a hint, just a whisper of a wind starting to blow right now. And I'm telling you that Holy Ghost wind wants to come through and shake you and move you forward in your direction, forward, on, onward in Jesus' name. Hallelujah. No more doldrums, but he's here to breathe hope into your hopeless situation. God is here to breathe peace into your restlessness. Oh, he's here for your troubled mind. Freedom is here and healing is here and salvation is here. Deliverance from those chains that have held on to you for so long. It's here right here in this place. Hallelujah. Your second wind is here. It's time to catch your second wind today. I wonder if somebody could lift your voice right now and shout yes. I wonder if you could say it again, yes. Come on, there's something about the affirming word. There's something about the confirming word of the Lord. When the word goes forth and you say, yes, God, I want it for my life. I'm not, I'm not living the same anymore. I don't wanna do the same things anymore, God, but I want your Holy Spirit wind to blow. Amen. Come on. Can we lift our voice to heaven? Can we lift our hands to heaven? Say, God, blow over me. Let the Holy Ghost wind, that second wind blow again. Oh, God, I'm ready. I'm hungry. I'm desperate. I need the wind of your spirit. I've been dead for too long. Too long now. Hallelujah. Oh, praise God. I surrender right now, oh, God. 
Yes, Lord. Hallelujah. No wind. No wind for 400 years. No wind. The people of God could not hear the voice of God. All was silent. All was dead. All was still. But a man named Jesus Christ stepped on the scene and interrupted the silence. He told Nicodemus what it takes to make to heaven, to make heaven his home. He said, you must be born again. He told his disciples before he departed in John 14, I will pray the father and he shall give you another comforter that he may abide with you forever. Even the spirit of truth whom the world cannot receive because it seeth him not, neither knoweth him, but you know him for he dwelleth with you and shall be in you. Hallelujah. I will not leave you comfortless. I will come to you. Jesus Christ saying, hey, you're not alone anymore. The Holy Spirit's going to blow into your life and and you're going to feel it from the top of your head to the soles of your feet and you're never going to be the same again and you're never going to be dead and dry and lonely and barren again. But that Holy Spirit wind's about to blow in your life in the name of Jesus. Hallelujah. Jesus died, rose again, and ascended into heaven. And here it comes, Acts chapter 2. Hallelujah. Woo! Here comes the wind. And when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all with one accord in one place, kind of like us. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind. And it filled all the house where they were sitting. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and it sat upon each of them. And they were all filled, filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The Holy Ghost wind blew through that house just like it's about to blow through this house today. You're going to experience the resurrecting power of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praises to your name, O God. Amen, amen. Praise God. If the music would come, I'm, I'm about wrapped up. But what good is the second wind without the water? A second wind is great, but without water during that 26-mile marathon, you're toast. You're going to collapse. A second wind is nice and all, but without water, that ship ain't sailing, baby. You might as well stand out in your front yard with that ship in in your front yard and sail away. Without water, you ain't getting anywhere. You can have that second wind all that you want. Jesus gave Peter the keys to the kingdom. In Acts chapter 2, verse 38, Peter preached it. Then Peter said unto them, repent and be baptized, immersed. Literally immersed, go down in the water, be buried with him. In the name of Jesus Christ, for the remission, for the washing away, for the taking away of your sins, and you shall receive the gift of the Holy Ghost, that second wind. Hallelujah. I need the second wind. Everybody say, I need the water. Amen. Say it with me. I need the water. Acts chapter 8, verse 36. As they went on their way, they came to a certain unto a certain water and the eunuch said, see, here is water. What does hinder me to be baptized? The evangelist Philip jumped in the chariot with the eunuch, started giving him a Bible study. 
And he felt so convicted in his soul right that moment. He said, look, here's water. I need the water. I've got to be baptized, buried with Jesus in baptism. If you've been baptized as a baby, maybe sprinkled, it's a good start. If you've been baptized in the titles of the name of the Father, the Son, the Holy Spirit, it's a good start. But the work's not complete until you're baptized in the lovely, wonderful name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Praise God. If you've not been baptized in Jesus' name, the waters are ready. The waters are ready for you. I say, well, I don't think it really matters as the sprinkle. I mean, it doesn't really matter. The Bible says that we are buried with him in baptism. When you die and you go to your grave and they put you, they put you in, they just sprinkle a little dirt on you and say, you're good. Just throw some dirt over your coffin, you're good. No, you need to be buried. Buried and you need to take on the name. Well, the name's not that important. The name of the Father, Son, Holy Spirit, uh, you know. Wives, those of you who've gotten married, what gives you the power? What brings that union together when you take on the name? You've got no authority. Sister Cordell doesn't have any authority marrying Brother Cordell and saying, well, I take on uh, that he's a son. I take on that he's a, a husband. I take on that he's a, an employee, employee. No, none of that works, right? I've got to take on the name of Jesus Christ. It's all in the name. There's no other name. Amen. Praise God. Everybody say, I need the water. Acts chapter 10, I'm going to move quickly. Acts chapter 10, we'll, we'll, we'll go to verse 47. Peter said, can any man forbid water that these should not be baptized which have received the Holy Ghost as well as we? And he commanded them to be baptized in the name of the Lord. Then prayed they him to tarry certain days. Everybody say, I need the water. Sarai, Sarai testified two weeks ago. She was baptized in the name, the wonderful saving name of Jesus Christ. And she was filled with that second wind, the Holy Ghost. She testified two weeks ago and got up in front of the church and took the microphone. She said, I just want to let you know, church, I've searched my entire life for something and nothing could fill that void in my heart. Absolutely nothing that I tried, and I tried everything. She said, but when I received the Holy Spirit, and when I went down in that lovely name of Jesus Christ, and I came up out of those waters, I'm telling you, that void is filled. I am full, I've never been so full in all my life, and I've got a joy that I cannot contain. I'm telling you, that Holy Ghost is right here for you. If you've not experienced the wind, the second wind, it's here for you. And God's ready to fill you with the baptism of the Holy Ghost to give you joy unspeakable. And you no longer have to struggle anymore. You no longer have to do it on your own anymore. But God is breathing that second wind into this place. My heart is full, she said. And now Sarai can stand boldly and say, I once was lost but now I'm found. I once was blind, but now I'm see. I see I once was dead. I once was dried up. I once was scattered across the valley floor, trying it in the natural, doing my own thing, and nothing worked until the supernatural wind began to blow through my life, and God filled me with his spirit. Anybody want to experience the power of the Holy Spirit this morning? Come on, would you lift both hands to heaven? Yes, God, don't pass me by. Don't pass me by. Breathe on me again, oh God, that second wind. It's time, it's time. Are you ready? Would you stand to your feet all across this house? I wonder if you would do this for me, if you'd close your eyes. And with the altar uh, workers, with those that 
those that can help me pray, would you come? We're all gonna do this together. We're all just going to, as a family, join together. And we're gonna pray for that second wind to fill us. Because no more death. You're gonna be alive in Jesus Christ. Come on, everybody with your eyes closed, would you do this for me? Those that are seeking the Holy Ghost that you've not yet spoken in another language, but you know the Holy Ghost is for me, I want it. I wonder, with, with eyes closed, head bowed, would you, would you step out from where you are? Would you be the first to come to this altar area and say, yes, Lord, fill me with that second wind? I wonder if you could come. We're going to help you pray. And all of us together are going to come. Come on, we'll give a little bit of time. Don't worry, don't fear. Every good and perfect gift comes down from the Father above. A Holy Ghost wind is going to blow. Okay, for the rest of you, can we all participate together? Would each and every one step out of their chair? Would you? Thank you for listening to this Abundant Life Church podcast. We pray it has strengthened your relationship with God and will continue to be a light unto your pathway to heaven. If you have any questions or comments regarding this podcast, please telephone our ministerial team at 262-965-5177 or email us at info at abundantlifechurch.org.